Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 um, reads like this. I say then, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to us all, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The word, the word walk here means to, to make one's way and to progress, but I really love this part of it. To make due use of opportunities. To make due use of opportunities. In other words, it's saying opportunities are there, but it's on you to make due use of those opportunities. You don't even have to pray for the opportunities because they're there. You run into people all day long. Those are opportunities all around you. You pass them by on the street. They're living down the street from you. They're your neighbors. They're in your house. Due use of opportunities. That's the key. So we're going to walk in the Spirit, and as we do, we make due use of those opportunities. And the Scripture says that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know why? Because you won't have time. I heard the, the great uh, Christian comedian from years ago, a man by the name of Mike Warnke. Anybody remember Mike Warnke? He said, if you get busy doing the do's, you won't have time to do the don'ts. <laughs> Verse 17, Galatians 5, I say, uh, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit. And the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. And I've asked you this. This right here, this verse right here, is a game changer for Christians. It's a game changer. You have to identify who you are in this passage of Scripture. And who you say you are will be everything to the Christian experience, the life that you'll live. All right? Watch this. The flesh lusts against the spirit, back at 17, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. If you've been a Christian for 10 minutes or so, you find that that's true. So that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of preaching today that, that regards Christians, people, according to the flesh. And Paul says, now, we don't do that any longer. We don't, we don't regard our brothers and sisters according to the flesh now. Because he said, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with him. So here's the deal. What is it that's hindering you from doing what you wish, according to this passage of Scripture? Some might say the flesh. Some might say the spirit. So that you do not do the things you wish. And legalistic preaching says, oh, you, you can't just go out there and do whatever you want. you gotta, you got to... Follow the rules. You gotta do it. You, you, you can't just go live how you want. Oh, oh, wait a second, my legalistic friend. I'm a spirit man. I am the spirit man. And my spirit man is one with God. My spirit man actually needs to do whatever it wants so that the flesh doesn't get in the way. But if you, can, if you identify yourself as the flesh, then all you're going to see is the spirits keeping you from doing whatever you want. And that's probably a good thing. But you're not the flesh, you're the spirit. The, the flesh is just housing who you are. I wish to God, the people of God could truly be free enough to live how they want. Because that's by the spirit. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. This body ain't who I am. It houses who I am. Listen to me. This is all, you can have an identity crisis 
or you can know who you really are. And this says, the reason you can't do all the things that you wish is because you're fighting this flesh. This flesh is at war with you. It's at war with the things of the Spirit. It's trying to stop you from doing what God would have you to do, to live how God would have, have you to live. Amen. So let's keep going. I have a whole teaching on that, and maybe we'll do that some other time, all right? But for the sake of time, just to get you thinking, all right? But if you are led by the Spirit, everybody say led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not what? You're not under the law. Interesting how, how much people are so caught up in t- keeping the Ten Commandments when this actually says you're not led by the Spirit. Not, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Is the Spirit against the law? No, 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 that's not how it works. When you're led by the Spirit, what this is saying is you don't live your life by rules. You live your life by love, by being loved by God. And because you love Him, guess what? You're going to follow the Spirit, and the rules just automatically get kept. Our aim, our goal is not to make sure we do the right thing. Our aim is to be led by the Spirit, to follow Him. It's not, the, it's not just living by rules. It's the privilege of following the Spirit. I love this. See, obedience isn't an obligation. It's an honor. It's a privilege that we would be counted as people who God can lead. Your sons and daughters. This is beautiful. Verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Well, what's the difference between living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit? Oh, there's a difference. Living in the Spirit Spirit is about your position in Christ. Walking in the Spirit is about your practice. You live in the Spirit. Well, how do you live in the Spirit? You believe on Jesus. It's that simple. You believe that Christ died for your sins. and that God raised Him from the dead. And, and, and whoever believes on Him will receive everlasting life. That's the moment you start living in the Spirit. But to walk in the Spirit, that's going to be the daily thing. It's going to be getting your mind right, making the right choices, and, and, and being governed and led by the Spirit instead of the fleshly appetites. That's where kind of the rubber meets the road, if you will. This is our practice. This is our walk. If we live there, that's also, in other words, live like, be who you are. Be who you really are. Amen. Act like who you really are. Praise God. So what's some things, how are some ways that you can be led by the Spirit or to walk in the Spirit? I like this word walk here uh, in the Greek. It, this is what it means, to, to proceed in a row as the march of a soldier to go in order to go on prosperously and to turn out well amen the the spirit of god's leading you to a good thing he's leading your life to turn out well so walk in the spirit walk in the spirit because you live in the spirit some ways to walk in the spirit number one what's something that you can do you can read the word all right i'm not saying understand the word i'm saying read the word understanding will come God gave us his word so that we can understand him, so that we can understand his will. He has not made it so where uh, he didn't give us the word, the word of God to make life difficult for us. And if you'll just spend some time, just really give it some time. Well, I don't understand the Bible. Well, when's the last time you really read it and, and made a regular habit of it? I'm, 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 
I'm telling you, a regular habit of it, of just some daily reading, a non-negotiable time in the Word will change your life. Your spirit will start, will start responding even more. Like there'll be a, 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 an awakening happen in you. And let me tell you something. As a, I was raised in a pastor's home, went to a Christian school. I mean, I lived the sheltered life. And I didn't understand one word that Bible said. And most of the time, reading it was out of duty. And I was just reading it just to say, yeah, Mom, I read it today. Did you read your Bible? Yes. How many chapters? Three. Okay, I did three. Because if you read three every day and five on Sunday, you read all the way through the Bible in one year. So I would do that, but I didn't get anything out of it, except I read the Bible. So I, I was really seeking God. I said, God, I don't want to just read words. I want to know what you're saying here. I want to have understanding. Give me revelation. You know what happened? He started showing up. He started showing me stuff in the scriptures. Um, but when I really started to show that I really wanted it, I didn't want to just do a checklist. Okay, I read my Bible. Ooh, I'm a good Johnny Christian. No, no, no. No, God says he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. So it's about just parking there. Not about how much scripture you read. Just read some. I highly recommend Paul's letters. I highly recommend the promises that are in the scriptures. There's tons of promises throughout that Bible that are all yours. And he's just waiting for you to discover them so he can give them to you. Read the word. How about this? Pray. You can pray. You can pray. Well, I don't know what to pray. Just start, just start saying thank you. Just thinking. You, you can just start the prayer by just walking around your house. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for that. Huh? Just, just regular habit of just praying. Just spend time. The scripture says to, to let all requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Amen. The Lord just wants to hear from you. This is a relationship that you've come into. Amen. This is, this is not rules. This is a relationship. So God's done his part and he wants you to do your part. He wants to hear from you. He loves to hear from you. The book of James says the reason you don't have is because you didn't ask. We have an, a great assurance when we come to God. He said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. Whoever asks, receives. And whoever seeks, finds. Whoever knocks, the door will be open to you. Amen. So just cultivate that relationship through prayer. Pray in the Spirit. You know, if you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit because there are amazing things happening when you're praying in the Spirit. You're, you're praying the secrets and the mysteries of God, things that we don't know in the natural, things that we can't really reason here with our heads, but, but we know them by the Spirit of God. Be in church. Hey, you did good there, so you can check that one today. You came to church today. Be in a regular, regular church gathering every week. We come twice a week at least here, so we offer that to you. So come as much as possible. Just be in fellowship with God's people. Come and worship Him. There's something about being in church. I, I remember when I was uh, got in my late teens and early 20s and all that, I remember always thinking about uh, what part of my, my church experience was just going just so my dad wouldn't whip me. You know, just going just so I don't get beat. And, but I was just mostly afraid of, of my dad, and not because he really necessarily, yeah, no, he made me afraid, yeah. He, but because I also honored him. I didn't want to disappoint him. And, um, but, so some of it was just, okay, just go, and that way you don't have to get the phone call or whatever. But it did something for my life. It really started straightening some things out because I, I didn't want to go many times. But when I went, I was never, I never regretted ever going, you know. 
leave. And the only word I could really describe how I felt when walking out those doors was clean. Just felt like I just took a shower, you know? Powerful thing. Be in church. Anything's possible in these gatherings, as, as we saw last week. You know, be a giver. Serve. Give your time to God. Give of your talents. Give of your treasures to God. Bring glory to Him with the things that you have. And, and lastly, share your story with people. Tell people what God has done for you. Don't be, a, don't be afraid to do that. Your story, your experience, experience with God uh, is so meaningful and so powerful. Never underestimate your own, your own testimony. Because it can change somebody's life. It really can. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I told a story uh, this morning, and I want to share this with you too. Um, this, this past year I was preaching, I was teaching at Christ for the Nations. Besides my regular classes I do, they have a time when they come together in the, the main auditorium called the IB or the Institute Building. And that's where basically the, all the first and second year students come together. Um, for what they call lecture, and it's the 11 o'clock hour, and so I was asked to, to speak that day, so I, I speaked that day, and uh, after it was over, it usually ends around noon, so right then, man, they take off out of that building to head across the street to the cafeteria, and so they were flooded out. Some, some were kind of lingering there because there was some ministry time going on, but slowly, they all kind of made their way out of the building, and I look over on the front, first or second row, and there's this, there's this boy sitting there, a student sitting there, He's just kind of got his head down, and, and I was hungry. I was ready to go eat, but I felt drawn to this kid, and uh, so I just walked over to him, and I sat down next to him. I said, hey, how you doing? He's, he said, good. I said, you okay? And he said, yeah. He said, and I just, just kind of taking in that message today. He said, you spoke some things into my life that really helped me, and, and we're just kind of talking along, and and uh, I don't know how we got on this subject, but I just started talking about the name of Jesus and what God did in naming his son, Jesus. Actually, he named him Joshua, but through tr Greek transliteration, we know him as Jesus. But everybody there, when Jesus was here, knew him as Joshua. They called him Yeshua, Yeshua HaMashiach, which means Joshua the Messiah. Um, so I said, his name is Joshua. I said, you know why that's so cool? And he's like, why? I said, because... Of all the things that, of all the names God could have given his son, he didn't name him Moses. Moses is the greatest figure in the Old Testament. It even has a nice ring to it, Moses Messiah. He, he didn't name him Moses. And Moses means, the name Moses literally means drawn out. It's kind of cool that Moses lived up to his name. He brought them out of bondage. But Joshua means deliverer. So Moses took them out of bondage, but Joshua took them into promise. And God named his son Joshua so that every time we say the name, we are stay aware and, and, and in that revelation of what we've been brought into way more than what we've been brought out of. Woo! Because what you've been brought into is so much greater than what you've been brought out of. Amen. Because where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. Every time you say the name Jesus, you're saying deliverer, the one who brought me into promise, who brought me out of darkness and into the, his marvelous light, who saved me with an abundant mercy, an abundant grace. And, I, and I'm talking to this kid like this, and I said, his name is Joshua. Imagine that. His name is Joshua. And this kid goes, oh, oh, oh. 
and he and he just goes down and, he, uh, and he's bawling his eyes out, right? I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't expect that. I mean, bad crying, gross crying. So I'm trying to comfort him. I'm like, all right, I'm hungry. I want to get out of here. This needs to end right now. Bless him, Jesus. That's what my grandma used to say. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. So finally, he stops his boohooing and kind of dries his eyes, you know. And I said, he goes, I need to tell you something. I said, yeah, please do. That was interesting. He said, he said well, I was, I was raised, I was raised in, a, in a ministry home. He said, my dad was a minister. And um, he said, but when I was, I don't know, I seemed like he was six or seven years old. He said, my own father started to molest me. I was like, ugh, should have gone to lunch. I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, and so he says, for years this happened, nobody knew. And their family in the meantime has a good reputation, a ministry family, and this is happening in the secret of their house. Mom doesn't have any idea. And finally, this kid gets up the courage to go and report this to his mom. And he's so ashamed and she is alarmed. Well, come to find out, um, it was true. And so she left him, and she sent, or he ended up going to prison for his crimes against his son, which he should, should be there. But man, this kid, I mean, he had a messed up mentality of a father. And just, I mean, it just wrecked his mind for a while. And so he was, you know, trying to work through that. He says, but what I wanted to tell you was, is that my mom, when I was born, she wanted to name me Joshua. And my dad did not like it. And he refused to, to agree with her on that name. So I was called this for years. He said, but there's something in me that knew that's supposed to be my name. And my mom would remind me of that story. And he said, when my dad got uh, thrown in prison, he said, my mom took me to the courthouse, and we legally changed my name to Joshua. Now I'm like, I'm glad I stayed. It's amazing. Wow. You just never know how the Spirit's going to use you. You just got to be willing to be led by him. I mean, I, I could not have seen all that coming. I'll just know that I'm just feeling something like, okay. And many times it happens like that. There's a compelling. I didn't get to tell the earlier service this, but Friday, just this past Friday, it's almost a year later, I run into this kid again. And uh, my brother was doing a, uh, a class, and he was introducing, my, Pastor Brandon does like the third year pastoral major at Christ for the Nation. So he was, he was uh, introducing it to some of these students, and I'm out in this four-year area, and I'm talking to Joshua. And so he asked me this Bible question, and so we're sitting there talking, and I end up telling him about, um, remember when Jesus, when the disciples came to him, and they said, um, you, uh, uh, that, that, what Herod the king was doing, they were mixing the Galileans' blood with the animal sacrifices. And, I mean, that was just heinous, right? And Jesus said, so do you think that because they incurred that kind of death that they were some kind of worse sinner than you? He said, I tell you no. Unless you repent, you're going to come into the same kind of destruction in your life. And then Jesus said, what about this tower? Remember the tower that fell on those 18 people? It just fell over and killed 18 people? Do you think that they were worse sinners somehow? 
than everybody else? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you're going to come into the same destruction. I no longer tell this kid that. And my brother starts getting loud in this room because he's preaching, right? He starts preaching. And he says, and Jesus said, I tell you, no. But unless you repent. And me and him looked at each other. I was like, he goes, oh, my God, it's happening again. So we go in there, and we're just watching him preach. And then, and then my, we hear my brother going, Jesus then went on to say about this tower that fell on the 18. And I'm like, is this really happening with this same guy? Amazing. Being led by the Spirit is such an adventure. It's so fun. And, and God loves people so much, he just wants to be able to speak to them, and he wants to speak to them through you. Let him love on people. Let him use you for his love. Amen. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. This is so much greater than trying to be right and trying to do right. This is, this is living a life in partnership and relationship with God. For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. All right, I'm almost through. Matthew 8, 28, verse 16. Let's turn there for just a moment. Can you take a little more? All right, thank you for lying to me. Then the 11 disciples, <laughs> I'm kidding. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee. Wait, wait, how many, 11, how many disciples did Jesus have? Oh, so something's happened. Jesus has already died, been buried and risen again, and the man who betrayed him, one of his 12, Judas Iscariot, has hanged himself and is now dead. Very sad story. The 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Next. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Some? Some of who? They've all seen him. They've been talking to Jesus. Matter of fact, from what we know, when you read the gospel accounts, we know that Jesus had appeared to them at least three times since he rose from the dead. And now here he is, taking them up to this mountain, go, okay, guys, meet me up there. And they get up there, and they see him, and they start worshiping him. But some of them are like, is this real? What do you mean, is it real? Are you... You're doubting? You're looking at him. You see those, those nail prints in his wrists and his feet. I mean, he showed them to you. Remember he told Thomas, he said, stick your hand here in my side. Don't be unbelieving, but believe. And here they are. They're with Jesus, and they're doubting. I don't know about you, but I'm really encouraged by this. I really am encouraged, because this, this, this helps us understand something. Walking by faith has nothing to do with what you're looking at. They're looking at the risen Savior, and they're still having their doubts. Walking by faith is beyond your senses. We do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. While we look at the things that are not seen, we don't look at the things that are seen. We look at the things that are not seen. How in the world are we supposed to not see what we can see <laughs> and see what we can't see by faith? by faith. And the Spirit will help us in that. And then Jesus said to them, so they get up there and some doubted, and then verse 18, all authority, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That, you know what that means? He is in charge. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. You know what that means? What do we got to worry about? If Jesus has all authority, what are we worried about? He says this really cool thing. It kind of gives the good news up front before he tells them this other part. And he says, this is the part we call the Great Commission. Next. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Hang on a second. There's a, how many guys are here? Eleven guys? And he just told them to go all over the world? That ain't going to happen, Jesus. That's impossible. All authority has been given to me. Go therefore. You know what he's saying? If he says to go and he has all authority, then what can stop you? Everything has to be subject to his authority. Eleven guys. Tells eleven guys. Well, you know what? In Acts chapter 1, this will be our last verse we look at. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Look at this. Just before Jesus is ascended into heaven, he says, But you, telling his disciples, shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. This is the plan, guys. First of all, you're going to be empowered. This ain't going to be your own power. This is going to be the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life. I have given you all authority because I have all authority. And now when the Spirit comes, you're going to be empowered beyond your ability. And you're going to be able to do what I said you could do. This is incredible to me. That word for power is the Greek word dunamis. And it means that it will make you strong, capable, and powerful. This power, when it comes on you, will make you strong, capable, and powerful. Nothing's impossible is what that means. Look, to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So he's, now he's telling them geographically how it's going to work. So you're going to start here, but see, when you start here, you're going to win people here. Well, guess what? Now you're not alone in spreading this gospel. Now you've got other people that are going to spread the gospel, and then and you're going to go out a little bit further. You're going to be in Judea, and, and then you're going to win those people, and then you're going to be in Samaria, and then you're going to go to the ends of the earth. And if everybody will do their part, then we'll get this thing done. Wow. We're still doing it today, aren't we? This gospel is still going out. It started there with those 11, and we are here today still passing on the message. Because with God, all things are possible. The authority and the power. The authority and the power. Say it. The authority and the power. That's what you have. And that's all you need. If you come up, you drive up on an intersection and you see a policeman standing there in that intersection directing traffic. He's telling you to come on, but you're looking at a red light. What are you going to do? You're going to get out of the car and say, It's red. I can't, it's red, that's against the law. Right? No, he is the law. And when he stands there and that light says red, but he says, go, you go. And if that light's green and he says, stop, you better stop. Because he carries two things. He carries a badge, which gives him the authority. And he carries a gun, which gives him the power. All right? The name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is your badge and your gun, all right? And nothing will be impossible for you. He has empowered you for a work beyond your ability. We've just scratched the surface on this, but we're going to stop right there. Can we just bow our heads for a moment? Father, thank you for this time together today. Thank you for the wonderful person, the Holy Spirit of God, who has come to endue us with power, who has come to guide us and to lead us into all truth and to show us things to come and to reveal to us the secret things of God, the mysteries. To help us know what we don't know, to say what we don't know what to say so that, Lord, your ministry can continue in the earth. Every one of us, 
every one of us who have the Spirit of God, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, are well-able ministers because you have all authority and because we have the power of the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to make due use of those opportunities to not just pray about it, but to go, to do, to say. Can you just say this with, with me, Father? Thank you for your Spirit who lives in me. I will go where you tell me to go. I will say what you want me to say. And I will do what you want me to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.